Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three, presented as ever by Omaha. Not a great day here in the Damashek home. No one who roots for black and gold teams is very happy right now, except if the black and gold team you root for is the Boston Bruins, then you feel good. That's another story. Thankfully, here to represent that side of things as we head into the Stanley Cup playoffs and the draft, drawing ever closer by the moment, it's Kevin Hench joining us from high atop his perch, looking out over Hollywood, and there's Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass, ready for the Stanley Cup playoffs himself. The Pittsburgh Penguins, after 16 glorious years, now out of it. Let's talk about all of it with the aforementioned Hench. What's the poop there, fella? In production oh, well, right now, making more TV shows, eh? Yeah, making TV, very exciting. Um, I'm, I'm so torn, because, of course, I got up on my soapbox last week, and I was like, you know... Don't the game's over. Don't wag, you know, don't wag a finger at your vanquished opponent. Like, hey, we're all for trash talk during the battle. But, you know, now go celebrate with your team. And, you know, people are like, how is he comparing Angel Reese to Elon Musk? I'm saying like they won. They won and they're being mean. They're like, you know, everyone wins an Oscar. They go up. They they honor the other nominees. They don't go suck it. Hey, this is the greatest night of my life. Suck it, DiCaprio. Like, well, it's such a weird instinct. So now here I am. I have to, like, I have to walk the walk because, of course, I've I've spent, you know, 36 hours thinking about how am I going to rub this in Damashek's face? And then I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 hold on. Hmm. My black and gold team is, is heading into the playoffs. There's only one decent outcome. Like, there are no honorable run to the finals. Like you have a duck boat parade in Boston or this was a disaster and I'm, and I'm freshly, you know, not freshly, but it still feels fresh when the Patriots beat the giants in the meaningless regular season game and then lost the one that mattered. I'm, I'm set up for this. I'm like, I, I, I genuinely believe that if I gloat at all at 87 and 71's demise, it will actually impact my own team's chances of raising the silver. Definitely. I mean, okay. that's the only rational conclusion one could reach. Totally yes, rational. You, you want to poke at the sports gods. Yeah. They're going to come back at okay. you. Yeah. So force. we'll don't do that. We'll be, we'll be gentle on our suffering pal. Damashek. Daddy spaghetti wants to get his, uh, wants to get his pound of flesh. I'm sure about, uh, about the penguins, but listen, I don't want to go too much into the hockey talk. I'll talk about that in a second when we get to our goat and goats of the week. Um, the draft is coming up here. The Tampa Bay Rays are undefeated ongoing. I mean, 12 and 0 now um, at the time of this recording. Um, although I think they're playing the Red Sox in a matinee, Eddie Spaghetti. If that streak ends, let us know during uh, the course of this recording here. Um and uh, and the NBA playoffs are about to get and the Celtics figure to to um, loom um, large there. You know, I said on extra points today. Here's just a weird thought experiment of a question for you, Hench. If the Sixers were in the West, would they be the favorite? Yeah, I, I think they I think would. So, right? That's a, that's uh that's the interesting question. Um. You know, it's this wild thing. I, I I think I texted you guys. Durant is 26 and two in his last 28 games played. But there's just this question of like, can that team make it through the grind? Um, and and I think if they do, they'll come out of the West. But um, but that seems like a long odds that the the bubblegum and matchstick will will hold. Well, the uh, even weirder, you mentioned the Suns, and that's the team I'm on, although I could see the Clippers doing it, although now Paul George may not, I, 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 a week away at least, so that diminishes uh, my enthusiasm there a bit. But what's funny with that is there are instances where you would look back and say, like, you know, the Tennessee Titans as the number one seed in the 2021 AFC side of the bracket, they were the number one seed, and you're like, well, that's not the best team, and nobody thought right. they were. But can you ever recall that the three top spots in the entire conference bracket, no one believes it. 
Nobody, nobody thinks the Nugs, or I guess there's some heat on the Grizz. Sal thinks uh, the Grizz are going to go to the finals, and the Kings. I mean, nobody thinks about that. People skipped right past them. They're jumping to to the Lakers and the fourth seeded Suns, and like I say, the Clips. And some people think the Dubs have a shot at this. How say you, Hedge? Um, I agree with the people saying that. Although I guess I agree a little bit with Sal too, and we'll get to our best bets later. Uh, of those top three. I do think the Grizz have the best chance of representing the top three in in the finals from the West. Um, it, it is one thing that is crazy is the Kings have the home court advantage against a Warriors team that went 11 and 30 on the road. Kings are huge underdogs. <laughs> they're 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 plus 225 to win that series against a team that couldn't win a game on the road. They're going to have to win a game on the road to win that series, but I think everyone seems to assume that the Warriors have have timed this exactly right and now the real season starts. I still I think that plus 225 is a great price for for the Kings uh with the home court against a a uh, a flawed defending champs. I, I want to talk about the draft real quick, and we would jump into the Stanley Cup playoffs and the odds on that uh, in that sport. But uh, it's unsatisfying to me that we don't have all hash settled at the time of this recording. I thought we would know one versus eight and two versus seven and so on. But there's still some things that need to play out here. The Devils and the Canes and the Panthers. Um, all playing for something where they're going to be seated, the Panthers versus the Islanders. Um, you well, said one, pre- one piece of hash that has been settled because you were asking is, is. I know uh, what it is. I know what it is. Well, no, yeah. I was going to say that the Red Sox were up 3 oh. 1 in the fifth and got destroyed by the Rays. So the Rays, the Rays are 13 and 0, and, and, the, and the Red Sox have Rob Reef Schneider hitting third for them. <laughs> this is, it's funny because I said, um, that the reason that for op- optimism, Penguins fans out there, look at the Bruins. Look at they wear the same color uniforms as we do, and they were in the same boat as the Penguins pretty close to one year ago. Everybody's like, nah, they're getting a little old. They missed their window. And then they spend the offseason, they make some savvy moves to, to dress up. Uh, around the edges for for their core, and now they're the best team in the history of people. I, I'll tell um, you, it, it, I you know, it, it, hockey's a weird sport, but if you'd put it to a vote last off season, I believe I wasn't one of them. I was never as down on Don Sweeney, Bruins GM, as a lot of Boston was. But I bet if you put it to a vote, the fans would have said, "Get rid of that guy." I swear this this is this is oh, what I have no know. doubt right they were they were so down on Don Sweeney and then he just put together the, the greatest team in NHL history uh, somehow but the reason for pessimism is back to Boston FSG group look what they've done to the Red Sox they're the same team they're the same gang that owns the Pittsburgh Penguins now so hard to be optimistic on that front but instead let's talk about this with the NFL draft I always point out, and it's not a knock on any of the fine draft analysts that we like to bounce off of of here on the show. And otherwise, Chad Ryder, by the way, joined us the other day with some great insights, speculating maybe Anthony Richardson should go first. I don't think that even Chad thinks that that's going to happen, but he thinks he has the biggest upside. Therefore, maybe a smart play there as we diminish all the draft prospects. We, we're, we're now in the late stages, so now we have to knock like, I don't know, Bryce Young is quite right, and maybe he's not going to be great. You just had a good idea. The same draft analysts who completely screwed up who was going to be one, two, three, four, five back in 2018 when Bake went number one, then Darnold three, then Rosen 10, then Lamar. Oh, Josh Allen was seven, right? Seven. Okay. Right. And then Lamar goes all the way back at what? 32 or 31 was that 32? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So with that in mind, let's see if we can connect dots to 2023 and see who is the Baker Mayfield of this draft. How do you want to approach this though? I think this is an interesting thought experiment, even though I don't exactly understand how it's going to go. I don't really know how it's going to go either, but it's, there's five and five. If you put Hendon Hooker, if you have him sneak into the Lamar slot, if like five QBs could go in the first round. Right. And so if you're like, how do you avoid Josh Rosen, 
which one of these guys is Josh Rosen and which one of these guys is Josh Allen. That's like, that's what, you know, and three of them are going to be terrible. It's the one thing we've learned, right? It's yes. like, you know, you are guessing uh, even at this late stage with all the analytics. So you mentioned Richardson and what you're looking for is Josh Allen. So who's the Josh Allen? Now, the weird thing that Josh Allen did, you know, maybe all the way up until Josh Allen, the one thing you could you were never going to improve on is accuracy. Like they were like big mm -hmm. arm, not that accurate. You know, now he just throws howitzers on the money. Like it's like, well, he, the big arm stayed and then he added this crazy accuracy, putting balls in tiny windows to Stefan Diggs. Like he's just a great quarterback. And so I feel like physically Richardson, you know, he matches up with Josh Allen size wise. And then the knock on him is uh, accuracy not always there, which was also the knock on Josh Allen. But maybe they pair those two pair up exactly, which would speak to your point of that guy should be number one. So I'll I'll start with saying my Josh Allen is Richardson in this draft. And, and therefore, don't you have to? I agree. And you know who else was knocked for their accuracy coming out of school? Cam Newton and Ben Roethlisberger and Josh Allen. They all cut the same basic physical, you know, massive. Uh, you know, that guy's a QB, it, not a defensive end kind of physique out there, run around great, you know, specimens, big arms, questions about accuracy. It seems like that issue, to your point, has been largely solved. So why would anyone overthink this and not shoot for the moon? I know that Jamar, you know, there's Jamarcus Russell, another one, but why would you take a Baker Mayfield? If there is a Josh Allen on the board, no one would do that in a redraft of 2018. Right. And in fact, I think Anthony Richardson, in a way, it's like, eh, you got to coach him up just right and everything. No, the opposite. He's a gunslinger day one. He walks in the door like, isn't he impervious to system on some level? He's going to make singular plays no matter where you drop him. So do you because you mentioned Mayfield. So do you put the short guy in this draft? As your Baker Mayfield. Yes. I listen. <laughs> Drew Brees is good. He ended up being really good. Also, talk about specifics, though. You really have to do, you have to be built a certain way for him to thrive. And Russell Wilson was really good, but there remains a track record for guys that are that are that small, like Kyler Murray, you know, he's and, and Bryce Young doesn't run like even Russ does. I mean, he's slip. I guess that's the best count for him actually as a runner is Russ. He's, he's functionally, he's a good functional scrambler. He's not going to burn you consistently though, with designed run plays. Yeah. I'm not in love with the idea. I know he's super smart and, and lethally accurate and all that, but man, you know, the fact remains, we can keep talking about, but Tave, I, I know they're not quarterbacks, but Tavon Baker Austin was and, and lethally accurate coming out of Oklahoma. I like that. Yeah. Comp. That's also true. Right. Yeah. You that's know, a good one. And then, and then, and, and then, super if smart, right? Take it one one step further. Um, now, Darnold was the most NFL ready, right? That was Darnold was the the guy coming out of USC, and that seems to be Stroud this year, right? Agree with that? Yeah, pros. Yeah, seems right. It was running what appeared to be the most pro style offense with those high end pass catchers and everything else. Yeah. And I if agree somebody with that. told you, Hey, you can have, if you draft Stroud, you'll have Sam Darnold's career. They'd go, well, that's terrible. Stay away. Okay. There we go. That's, right. that's so, three. So now we have, we have Levis and hooker. Okay. And, Levis. And one of those guys has to be, one of those guys has to be Josh Rosen. I already feel bad. Um, and then, and then the other one has to be Lamar. I think Levis is our Lamar Jackson here because there's a range of opinions, and I think people are going to get spooked by what he is, his the sidearm whip. I loved him, by the way. I saw him a couple of September's ago in a random uh, UK game, and um, he just jumped out to me. It's like, who is this cat with that weird? I mean, big dude, but he's slinging it sidearm and running around and all of that. 
there will be some percentage of teams spooked by him eating bananas whole and all the weirdo stuff he does. I think that's our best uh, wild card. Well, wait, wait, he doesn't eat him with a fork and knife the way you eat him. I, I don't even eat a banana, period. I don't care for that. I don't I don't like their texture. I don't um, understand the banana. Okay. Well, so that, yeah, I think that's a good comp, the unorthodox throwing motion. This only leaves poor Hendon Hooker as Josh Rosen. Mm. You know, it's, this was an imperfect uh, idea when I pitched it. But this is what's crazy about Hooker being the bubble first-round, second-round guy. His statistics... Are, I, I tell you, they are identical to Joe Burrow's in college. They are identical. You can't distinguish if you put them on top of each other. You cannot tell which is Joe Burrow and which is Hendon Hooker. And Burrow has had the catastrophic injury and no and 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 no ill effects, you know, right? And so it's like I I think you know in terms of uh, who someone who takes it's probably two or three of those top four QBs we mentioned are the teams are going to be disappointed. Hooker's not going to cost you nearly as much. Right. And if you look at those college numbers in the SEC, identical to Joe Burrows, uh, I I would roll the dice at, at 36, at 34. Uh, you might get, you might, you know, Lamar won MVP. You might get, the best or one a out of the draft by waiting. You know, that it's the, it's the, um, you know, are you a passenger? Are you a driver? And Hendon hooker suddenly landed on a high end Tennessee team and thrive for that one year, just like Joe Burrow did on that high end LSU team. And relatively speaking, Kenny Pickett came out of nowhere too, on what was by pit standards, a high end roster there too. I, I remain, spooked by the one-year wonders coming out of college um i am not spooked well, by it, his age it, people do the weird that, thing about 25 who cares if he's 25 so if he plays 10 years that's a great nfl career right. so what he's nine right. months older than sam darnold ha huh. which is funny in comparison for this draft and, and, and I'm, I'm with uh hench on this one to pop in i think Hendon hooker i mean his stats alone if you compare the sec stats will levis anthony richardson Hendon hooker i mean Anthony Richardson had six games with either zero or one touchdown passes. Uh, he lost the head to head battle versus Will Levis. I, I just, I understand he has the physical traits, which people love, but I mean, you're talking about the eye test. Hendon Hooker went toe to toe in the SEC with the best of the best. Levis and, and, and Anthony Richardson did not. And also, this, like, if Bryce Young was six foot four, if he was Anthony Richardson's size, Bryce Young is the unquestionable first pick. We're talking about him in the in the same breath as the Trevor Lawrence, the Andrew Lux type. It's just because of his size that we're bringing it back down to earth. But what's funny is you could argue that CJ CJ Stroud versus Georgia probably had the best single game out of any of these quarterbacks in the draft. I mean, he brought it to the Georgia defense. Uh, obviously, came up short. So uh, I think that there's a huge gap between. Bryce Young and and CJ Stroud and and even Hendon Hooker with Levis and Richardson. If I was Shaq size, I would have played in the NBA. I mean, that is part of it, right? I mean, he's he's a Smurf. That's sure. that's going to be part of it. Um, but to the hooker of it all, uh, I, as, as, loaded, as loaded as Tennessee was, it's probably safe to say those receivers not as good as the ones Burrow had. I mean, honestly, I mean. <laughs> Joe Burrow. I hear you. And a ton of go balls from, from that Vols offense last year too. I, yeah, it's, it's funny though. Cause then like what you get into is what, what has to be uh, a part of every war room is pro in all likelihood is like that the, the information that we got like a 50, 50 shot with any of these guys. And so you want to take the safest pick cause it is, it, it secures your job a little bit more, but that's probably stinking thinking when you're trying to survive and not truly live because Hendon Hooker is more likely just a guy than Anthony Richardson is. Anthony Richardson is the guy who three years from now are like, this is the face of the league. How did everybody miss on him? Like they have been about Josh Allen for the last couple of years. So I think you got to, if you're in a position, I, I say as a vain person, always, I'd rather be 
the one who is in the third spot if there are three choices, because then you can't blame me. Ah, what was I going to do? That was the only one that was left was option number three. And if it works out, it's like the Yarmir Yager thing in that in the what was that the 90 draft like the pens were the fifth team and they get the best player because they're in the fifth position and everybody in front of them screwed it up kind of thing and well, then he uh, fell to them. Like, i'd rather somebody fall to me and be like well i'll see it worked i i would be very nervous with the first overall pick to go with anthony richardson but i think there is some logic to who's got the highest ceiling well you have the first overall pick get the best potential player the, the more recent example of that is when the Celtics had the number one pick and it just became, is it Markel Fultz or Lonzo Ball? Like That's right. And then it's like, they're like, well, we want Jason Tatum. What can we get for trading away the right to draft Markel Fultz so that we still get our guy and other stuff? Yeah, that that I would uh, I would be especially because. The, the GMs probably won't have the guts to pull the trigger on Richardson. You you may be able to get him later uh, and and not, you know, not shoot your wad the way the way the number one, you know, like I, I don't I, I was surprised at that trade to get the number one pick because it didn't seem so obvious to me that you wanted the number one pick, given that I share your exact feeling. If there are three guys, give me the third pick. That's right. And also the thing that everybody has now talked to it's it's as though everybody without directly addressing each other, social media and otherwise perpetuates a conversation. And then everybody arrives on one side or the other. And I think there's safety in the numbers. If you're one of these analysts of not necessarily, I'm not just saying social media, but as they bounce around, like now it's everybody's in on like League sources are telling us pretty consistently it's going to be Bryce Young there. But go back to 2018, it was definitely going to be Sam Darnold. The Browns were going to take him until like two days before. And then all of a sudden, oh, no, it's going to be Baker Mayfield. Um, and bottom line, neither one worked out. That's a fun game to play, though. We'll see how it goes. But I, we're not putting them in, in, in an order of like, OK, so give me the two who two years from now will be enough, who you feel most confident will be okay starters because i guess that's kind of what the steelers did right malik willis is the higher upside guy but they went with the safer guy and i'm not sorry they did that so i don't want to contradict myself i definitely am happy that they took Pickett, not malik willis um who who's the guy who you're most confident two years from now is going to be like oh yeah see i knew that guy couldn't you know he might not be the best but he's definitely not going to be a bum stroud i guess you know, but, but I'm, you know, if you're gonna, if you're go, you know, going nine and eight doesn't mean you want the ceiling. The ceiling is what you want. And that's why we, we're uh, of one mind on if there's a Josh Allen in the draft, it's Richardson. Uh, and then Spaghetti and I are of one mind. If you're unsure, keep your powder dry and, and get Hendon Hooker at a steep discount later in the draft. All right, mm. let's do our goals. All right, good, good times, good times. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns tampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up, Omaha Full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after 
qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net, New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Go ahead there. You want to start us off. You're chomping at the bit. You're making TV shows. It's all happening. Go ahead. You're Bruins. You got your Celtics. You can ignore the Red Sox and Mac Jones, all of it. Go ahead. You got, you got, you got the highs, you got the lows all there personified by Kevin Hedge. So, okay. So honorable mention, bad goat, uh, just awesome watching scumbag. Brooks Kepka fall apart on the final day of the match. It's awesome. Just awesome. But it's okay, Brooks, because you can go home and fill your bathtub with blood money and just wallow in the Saudi blood money. Uh, and it'll take away all the pain. And by the way, I would just be screaming every time he, t- he went into his backswing until they carted me off the course. Like, hey, who's this maniac following Brooks Kepka around? I don't know. I'm trying to get him to come to the embassy so I can dismember him. Like, it's insane. It's insane that we're so civilized about this particular issue when these guys deserve nothing but but our contempt. And so uh, 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 hats off to John Rahm uh, uh, for for being the the beneficiary of Brooks Brooks Kepka's um karmic implosion on sunday and brooks you know following in the footsteps of his fellow awesome human being greg norman with a terrific sunday collapse at augusta uh so that was delightful but just honor just honor <laughs> i knew this one was coming we have three more majors to go for hench to to dig in on terrific. the live guys uh so well done john rom uh, uh <laughs> by the way that- how much i put it out on social media I don't think I've ever seen a professional athlete look more like a movie character than John Rahm does Pierre, uh, Perrier La Petite from the great first scene in uh, Inglorious Bastards. It, the guy who uh, Christoph Waltz sweats, the milk farmer guy. I mean, it's crazy <laughs> how much he looks. That's like. a deep cut. I'll have to. Throw it up. is, but look at the picture. Okay. It's freaky okay. how similar right. they are. Continue. And he beat an Inglorious Bastard. Um, so, <laughs> but my, my, so, so, but my actual bad goat was gonna be Jimmy Butler. Playoff Jimmy Butler. Playoff Jimmy Butler. Six for 19, three turnovers in in a loss in the playoff game to the Hawks. I'm like, wow, that's a that's an epic stinker to keep you in the play-in tournament, the NIT. Uh, but then Anthony Edwards swooped in uh um, against the Lakers. So bear in mind the Timberwolves lose this game in overtime. This game was a regulation tie. Anthony Edwards, three for 17, 
0 for 9 for th- from three, four turnovers. So the Timberwolves would have won that game either if Rudy Gobert had played or if Anthony Edwards had just not played. If he had just not dressed and then any warm body on the roster had played those minutes, uh, um, then the, the T-Wolves would have beaten the Lakers. So that was a, an epically terrible uh, uh, playoff performance for Anthony Edwards. My I, but, but he was he was hurt though, and so then it bet you know I think uh, a lot of people I'm looking at it here uh, the T Wolves are laying five and a half against uh, OKC um, on uh, Friday night. I I wonder if they regret that now because I bet you I, I bet you the public loot will be on Minnesota because of that performance of almost doing it without those guys, but they're probably a little gassed and regret having run Ant Edwards as hard as they did, uh, even though, uh, despite him being 100%, right? Well, this is my feeling. If, if you're so hurt, you can't make a basket. You, you you have to help your team by not playing. Also, if I went three for 17 after the fall he took, I would insist on getting an MRI. I'd be like, hey, hey, help me out here. Let's get an MRI and, and say the inconclusive. Because I can't, you know, like, I mean... So, so that, you know, yes, he has an alibi if he couldn't feel his shoulder, but you can't be jacking up 17 shots if you don't know what direction the ball is going to go in. Um, Good goat. And obviously I've been on the, the, you know, the Bruins all year and Linus Olmark has been in this spot, but we have to talk plus minus in hockey for a second here because there, there are my good goat is Hampus Lindholm congratulating him on his plus minus title plus 50 for the year for the Bruins. However, we all seem certain that a bunch of morons are going to vote for Eric Carlson for the Norris trophy. I mean, it's like a fait accompli. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, first hundred point scorer on the blue line since Brian Leach. He's going to win the Norris trophy. Um, Hampus Lindholm, number one in, in plus minus Eric Carlson, number 760. Did you know 760 people skate in an NHL season? So he's so bad defensively. They will not play him on the PK best defenseman in the league. Can't kill penalties because he sucks defensively. So I know that there, there are a number of morons who are going to vote that guy for the Norris trophy. I would be one of them. Had I a vote, of course he has to get it, but continue with your Jag. What? I mean, Adam Fox would be a much better choice. Like, you know, if you're going like Fox, at least does both Fox was plus 28 this year. And, and I think he, you know, had over 70 points. Like I like the Rod Langway Norris trophy winner. Like, yeah, when I'm on the ice, the puck never goes in our net. When I Eric get Carlson's it, on the ice, it, every shift Eric Carlson's on the ice, the puck is probably going in your net. Like it's yeah, it's, but you're a smart hey, enough fella. The, it's, the, it's, the sharks are the the sharks stink. I mean, it's a product of the team he's on. Obviously, he wouldn't have a minus plus minus if he were on a good team, right? He's not. He's not. He's not responsible for any of that when he's on the ice. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He's, if he's one look, of the, there's, if he's there's one of all the kinds. Of, We've all seen, you know, guys who are more concerned with pinching in, and it's like, hey, where was Eric Carlson when the puck went in our goal? I was behind the but other team. Bruins fan, shouldn't you feel like this is an ongoing homage, offensive defenseman? They would never have existed. There never would have been a Paul Coffey or, I mean, even the lesser guy, Phil Housley and JJ Daniel and all those guys who then begat guys like Eric Carlson, they just wouldn't have existed. It never would have happened. And the sport would be worse for it. If not for your pal, Bobby Orr. Well, don't you feel don't as, you, don't I, you like as that? I remind you every few days over text, Bobby Orr plus 124. It's a crazy the, number. The, the year he won his first scoring title. It, yes. There are two parts to the game. If you're awesome uh, on offense, like Bobby Orr or Eric Carlson, you you should be eligible to win the Norris Trophy. That should not make you ineligible. I know what's the way. So Lamar Jackson shouldn't have been eligible for the MVP because he didn't do it in a traditional way at that position. He didn't well, sling he it for five thousand. He ran defense. around a lot. He, he shouldn't win Defensive Player of the Year. You'll give me that, right? 
He's not the defensive player of the year. Like Eric Carlson. Nobody said it's defensive player of the year. It, it's in the title, which is what I think you're getting confused. But quarterback usually throws it, but Lamar Jackson ran to an MVP. A defenseman spaghetti, scored a crazy that's, that's amount of only, points, a historic amount of points. the only hockey player here, Spaghetti. I'm I'm totally with you, Hench. I I Thank hate you. it. I I also a fun fact about the Sharks. While not the worst team in the league, um, because other teams have less points than them, they have the least amount of wins. They only have 22 victories, um, in regulation and and you know uh, in this league. So they're at what now uh, 60 points. So obviously there's teams like the Ducks, the Blue Jackets who are below them, but it's pretty bad. And I think uh, you know not even just because Adam Fox is a Ranger, but those type of guys who do defend and contribute on offense. I think that to me means a lot more than a guy who's like a total sieve at his position. And then we'll, you know, just we'll chip in with some secondary assist. Uh, I like to see the split, like the splits on his stats and how many well, secondary that's not assist what he points did. he has. He scored a crazy amount of goals too. Well, I know, but he is a lot of points. I just want I just don't when they're losing every game and he'll get a goal and they lose four one to me. It's like that, uh, you know, when people used to get on a rods case years back when he would hit home runs and like blowouts uh, didn't really matter. So I, I don't I love that. I mean, he kind of reminds me of like um, what he's doing now. And he you know he was a lot better defensively when he was in Ottawa. Um, you know, Mike Green was a good example of the guy in the Capitals years back who would just, you know, pinch in on yeah. the rush and he was never stable. He was never the stay at home defenseman and he cost the team. I just think that that to me, if you're a lot, he's a liability almost. So I, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of this. I understand the gaudy point numbers, but uh, for me, I would not give it to somebody who's that's a pretty the key detail. Though. That's the key detail. It's not that he had a really good offensive year. He had a, a, a historically great offensive year from the blue line. It's a, you know, it's noteworthy when Kale McCarr, the presumptive pick going into the year, got sideways with injuries and all of that. I think I I I I think you're overthinking this one, but okay, that's fine. I couldn't be less overthinking it. All I'm thinking <laughs> is defensemen should keep the puck out of their net. And okay. this is not, I've thought too much about it. Well, but it's not a value assessment. It's not most valuable player. It's like who had the best year among the defensemen. I could look at yeah, who, uh, who leaked the most goals when they were on the ice. That seems like a good definition. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. I mean, to use, to use this analogy, it's like, uh, you wouldn't give, uh, you know, the, the heart trophy to the best defensive forward. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like you don't, you don't want to got like his primary like goal in his game. Eric Carlson is to, stop pucks from reaching the goalie and to play his good defense, get the puck out of his own zone. Uh, I, again, I understand the huge point numbers, but to me, it's a, it's a strange it's he's only really achieving 50% of his, uh, his job. And I, I don't like that. And the reason as spaghetti can attest, the reason Allmark and Swayman have such crazy save percentages is because of the kind of shots they face Night after night after night, you know, it's like discipline, McAvoy, Lindholm, discipline. You're never, you know, the, the odd man rushes are rare. Whereas if you're playing the Sharks, it's like, hey, guys, Carlson's on the ice. We're definitely getting a two on one. This is going to be a thrill. <laughs> um, all right. Fair points. But this takes me neatly into my goat of the week. Bad goat. That is. And I think that Carlson suffers from playing in not hockey hotbed bum team San Jose with the Sharks, although those uniforms, when they wore those seals, that was worth the price of admission. Um, they, I think in the same way, talk about historic. The Rays are now 13 and 0 and no one gives a crap about them. And first of all, I indict devil's ownership um, for not for this continuing to go on for yet another year. I have no, I, I, as far as I know, there is no plan still for a new stadium or to move the team out of there to a place where people might actually care, but this is bad for baseball in a year. And in a mini era, when Manfred is trying to make it more accessible and enjoyable to younger fans and bring in new audience, this is repellent stuff. Like when you turn it on, like, have you looked at a Rays game? The infield 
looks like the AstroTurf looks like they rolled it out from 1991 because it's real pale and burnt out looking. And then the outfield is darker green. They can't even get the colors of the infield right in their bum dome stadium. Their soulless joint that we have baseball has moved so far beyond. And it wasn't like three years ago that the Rays could look up and be like, oh, it seems like teams are getting new stadiums. When's the last time there was a new ballpark? Like the Braves got... They've had two new ballparks since the Rays came into baseball. What are you doing already down there, Tampa? And in a larger way, I this might get some smoke, but I don't think any Tampa sports fans, I don't know how many actually exist, like die hard. I am a Tampa through and through sports fan. I don't know that that person exists. And maybe that's why I think it's like, it, they're they're acceptable when they win a title because it doesn't upset you because nobody hates any nobody hates the Buccaneers nobody hates the Lightning nobody hates the Rays the problem is nobody loves any of those teams either they're in Tampa they feel like they diminish the sport when that team from Tampa wins any of the titles I think it stinks I think we should shut down Tampa as a sports town is what I'm getting at oh it's my the god home, it's the home of mercenaries. It's a why because here's why, and I've had to rationalize, and that takes me into my. Well, my you know, if they if they uh, if they serve Bud Light at the arena, the Santos will shut <laughs> them down right do now. It. That'll do it. That leads me into my my good goat, and and you know, as I try to make sense of, and and make no mistake, these have been some dark days. So just to be clear, your bad goat started out as the Rays, and then became Men every person Tampa. who lives in Tampa. Well, Every I don't mean citizen. to indict those people, but I, I let's be you honest. You just want to take their football team from them. What are they like? Four or five dozen diehard Listen, Lightning's fans. I, I would go well, when you were when you were saying it. I was laughing because it's like. Maybe, maybe there are only 20,000 hockey fans in Tampa, but they're at every game and they're into it. And the Rays in America's national pastime, the Rays can't fill. They're the best team. They're the best team in baseball since 1884. D- and they had, and do you know what? 84. That's how many people attended their last home game. So I mean, it's crazy. It's I, I agree with you. Okay. Maybe they're 20,000, but that's it in the Tampa St. Pete area for hockey. I mean, is anybody really over the moon about that? Is that, is that Tom Brady, the mercenary who came down from Foxborough after 20 years? Is that going to keep you cozy in, in, in the lean years that you got that one because the mercenary old man came down and uh, fixed up a roster with his pals Gronk and AB and those guys. It all stinks. And that's what brings me to this. I've had some dark days recently here because of my Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm down in the dumps about it and I have to spin it for myself, for the man in the mirror more than more than anyone out there. And I don't want to be. There is there's a line for me. I don't want to win titles the way the Buccaneers did or the way the L.A. Rams did by bringing in a mercenary from L.A. I know, obviously, in free agency, guys are going to come from elsewhere. I don't like the the mercenary path to glory. It doesn't mean as much that way. Meantime, the Pittsburgh Penguins have won three Stanley Cups with the same three guys in the roster preceded by the greatest player to ever play the sport, 66 Lemieux, over 32 years. Okay, they're out of the playoffs, but the the Stanley Cup half full is five Stanley Cups in 32 years. That means they are the gold standard. They, the black and gold standard in the world of puck. To put it into uh, perspective for you, the mighty Edmonton Oilers dynasty, zero cups in the last 30 years. The Islanders, the dynasty that preceded the Oilers, zero cups in 40 years. Flyers, zero cups in 48 years. Bruins, one cup in 51. Rags, one in 82. Caps, one, period. In their entire existence, the Blackhawks and Kings mini dynasties have come and gone and the pens are still afloat. Okay, they're not fully afloat. They're at best the nine seed, but at least they were on the cusp there. This isn't, though, even though this run is maybe over, we have to see if it's over. This is not comparable to Rodgers and Favre, as I keep saying, for Packers fans. That was 30-something years with two of the very best to do it, and it equaled the same number of titles as Dilfer and Flacco delivered to Baltimore. Five titles, and as I always say, and I mean it deep in my balls, if you would have told me in 1984, in October, 
when Mario Lemieux took his first shift in Boston Garden and scored by taking the puck off the stick of Raymond Bork and then bearing down on the reigning Vezina Trophy winner, Pete Peters, and beating him on the backhand as he as he scored that goal. And my sister Amy and I jumped around the living room and Mo Damashek said, dinner's on the table, get in here. And we said, we're going to win the Stanley Cup. And seven short years later, we did. And uh, if you would have told me, you'll get one cup, I would have said, that's fine. That's all I ever want to see. I've seen five. What am I going to cry now? What do you want me to do? This is this. this then I would be a spoiled creepo. I ain't going to do that. I say celebrate. It's a sad end to to a glorious run. But you know what? I'm also not going to close the book just yet. Based on the aforementioned rise of the Bruins in 2022, 23, sure. after a mediocre year a year ago. So I, I even uh, though I know you could get Hampus Lindholm, maybe you get Hampus Lindholm, my goat. Better uh, Carlson. So there you yeah, go. That's my well, goat. that's my rationalization. You, it's funny you mentioned that because against the Blackhawks minor league team, Gino Malkin went had a nice <laughs> minus four. Gino Malkin. I don't with, care what his Gino Malkin with a with an Eric Carlson uh, imitation minus four in a must win against a minor league team that played in Chicago the night before. I it's know. it is one of the most spectacular collapses when it matters that that well you didn't watch the game Malkin was their best player on the ice that night but but I hear you okay so empty net goals and all right yeah they made him look bad well I don't care about that but the point is you're listen I said that earlier and I'll say it again to you best player on the ice except for half the shifts the puck ended up in his own goal but oh fooey now listen to what I'm telling you it's because listen no jive I'm not going to jive you it's the most embarrassing loss in Pittsburgh sports in the last half century. That loss. That's, that's in, it's inexcusable. Awful. Yeah. I mean, awful. it's embarrassing and bad. And I don't know what else to say about it except fat. And I, I will say just as a hockey fan, I know I've said it ad nauseum. I can't imagine how big this is. You start out with the Bruins talk. And they they got to win. I mean, they they must win the Stanley Cup or they are pretty close to the 18 and 0 Patriots blowing it in the big game. They have to go to the at minimum losing to the Avs would be the only thing that would be like, all right, what are you going to do? They're the reigning champs. They have to get to the final. But the problem is the Leafs have to get to the final, too. But also the rags have to get to the final, too, because here come the Devils and here come the Senators and here come the Sabres. And so the oxygen for the for the best teams is going away as these younger teams are on the rise. Man, it there's going to be there's going to be some white knuckling out there for the next couple few weeks here because everybody it's not like, yeah, this is a good team. We're heads. It's like we better do it right now. And, we got to do as, it this spring. And as as we as we've all said on this pod, there is no start to finish sickness in your stomach for a sports fan, like watching playoff hockey. It's the worst. It's just the worst. It's so unpleasant, you know, until you get that empty net goal. Like the whole thing is unpleasant until you, you finally, you know, put it away. Um, and of course with the level of expectation in Boston, this, this is set up for a real stomach punch. I'm glad I, you at least have the Celtics and Bruins so that at least if one does well, you I'm, I'm, I'm all, any, there. anything with the Celtics is gravy. I'm fully, fully in on these bees. Um, I, I would happily trade the Celtics getting swept for the, uh, bees raising the cup, wow, interesting. Uh, you know, but you know, it's funny you were mentioning that Oilers, uh, you know, five titles in seven years. I couldn't believe this the other night. I don't know how we hijacked this into a puck podcast, but hey, deal with it, people. Um, so the Oilers in, in the, the most exciting 2-1 hockey game ever against the Avalanche the other night, both teams really going for it. Um Again, McDavid doing his thing where he just looks like he's in a video game. You can always tell when it's him. Just he's, he's moving faster than everybody. Um, the Oilers franchise record for consecutive wins is nine. Wow. Nine? How is that possible? How is that possible? They were so dominant with nothing but Hall of Famers. Those mid-80s Canucks teams. I guess. I don't know. But that <laughs> anyway, that was a shocking, shocking stat. All right. We have our best bets to get to. But first, Spaghetti, Goat and Goat. Yeah, and I'll I'll respond. I mean, I don't really want to get back into a Pittsburgh Penguins conversation. But I, I think what you're saying holds stronger if you're a level-headed Pittsburgh 
you know, fan. Um, I think I, I have the ultimate trump card as a Yankees fan. And I, you know, the most championships they haven't won since 09. If I started citing past championships, people go, I don't care. It's what have you done for me lately? And like, look how fast we already forgot about, like, say, the Blackhawks dynasty where they had one of the three cups in the five years. You need to win. I still stand by what I said. You have to look for the future. Uh, they did not do that. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen from there. I also did check in with Mikey Meatballs, other hockey fan on the Extra Points Network about this Norris Trophy uh, convo. He said normally he'd say no to Carlson getting it, but he's probably like 25 or so points ahead of somebody. Uh, and they probably won't give it to somebody like Josh Morrissey or Dougie Hamilton. But he did say they need to readjust Norris voting and take defensive stats into account since there's so many advanced metrics now. So it sounds like uh, Meatballs is not thrilled with the the, the Norris Trophy voting. So I guess he kind of is on our side there, Hench. Um, but I'm going to go uh, go and go. I'm going to do I'm going to break down the NFL and I'm going to build it back up. And I, I talked about this a little bit. On, I want to uh, say this, though, that uh, before you move on, because I, I, I just was thinking about it for a couple of seconds. I disagree with your assertion that nobody cares about the Yankees titles. How many times are those lorded over Red Sox fans by Yankees fans? Personally, and, for and, me, and, it gets shut down because they haven't won recently. That's OK, but people invoke that. But I, I mean, as an objective fan, I go like, wow, what are you going to do? The Yankees obviously are the titanic force of baseball over its history. I mean, it does. Of course, it matters how many who has the most titles. And, the oh, most, yeah. and, and and by the way, if you left them 50 years ago, that would be one thing. But the but, you know, the Yankees have, have had many eras of dominance. I mean, I don't, I don't think that that's something that most people sort of are like, ah, neither here nor there about. But anyway, continue. Well, I, I guess I want to I want to break down the NFL, build it back up. I, I did talk about this a little bit on uh, Megan Fun of Sports, but I want to add something or amend something. So the thing that the NFL is doing wrong, and I'm you know obviously now it's YouTube TV, formerly um, Directv slash AT and T with the NFL Sunday Ticket. Uh, they announced their price increase. Um, you know, if you're a member of YouTube TV, you're a subscriber, you're basically getting the the Sunday ticket package for roughly the same price as what it was uh, on the DirecTV. Uh, it was around $249. Uh, if you got a pre-sale code, it's $349. So basically 100 bucks more. If you're not a YouTube TV subscriber, but you get this pre you buy a pre-sale, 100 bucks more. No pre-sale, 200 bucks more. So almost $500 to watch uh, like these teams, your you know teams play on Sunday on the Sunday ticket. And what I was going after on, on the megaphone of sports was the lag time from the Super Bowl. They measured this Fox Sports app, 23 seconds, DirecTV, where it formerly was on 57 seconds, NFL app, a minute, Hulu, 69 seconds, and then Fubo is 76 seconds. So right now for the YouTube TV, had a 54 second lag time for the Super Bowl. And I was harping on that, how bad it is that it's a minute behind. But now what I'm thinking about it and realizing is like, most people, especially now with Red Zone, Red Zone is really the game changer, but most people are buying the NFL Sunday ticket package. If you're living in a different city, it's just to watch one team. And I know that uh, MLB definitely had a, a package where you could just pay to watch your team play. And, you know, again, with Red Zone being on, if you have cable or if you subscribe to it, there's really no need to watch. You know, I'm not getting Sunday ticket in Los Angeles to watch the Giants and then to also watch the Detroit Lions. I'm watching just my team. I think they need to find a way to make you pay just for the one team you want to watch. I and, bet you that's coming. Well, I hope so. But right now, if not, and if you miss again, I miss this pre-sale code, you're not paying $450. That's without tax and whatnot for YouTube TV's uh, uh, NFL Sunday ticket with almost like one full minute lag time from what's going on in the field. So then if you are watching a game like I am with your phone or out and you see Twitter or you have friends who are watching it back in the, in the region uh, on cable, everything's getting spoiled to you. So I just think this is a total mess. And that's why uh, the NFL slash YouTube TV is getting my, uh, my bad go from the week. But like I said, I'm going to build up the NFL and I want to give the good go to uh, the sale of the Washington well, Commanders. All, 57, 57 second lag time. Mac Jones could run the length of the field in that amount of time. <laughs> Um, so they got to make a change, right? Hench, they're going to oh do it again God. with Mac Jones. They're really going to do all the oh. noise coming out of five. Hey, Belichick and Mac Jones. We don't know how hard he works. And we, uh, we don't know if Belichick likes him. And maybe babies, Bailey's, they're just going to run it back with that guy again in year three. Seems, seems, uh, uninspired at best. I'm sorry, Spaghetti. Well, Trace McSorley was, uh, during the recording of this pod, was just signed by the Patriots. Uh, oh, well, there you 15, go. 15, 16 minutes ago. So <laughs> there, there we you go. go. Problem solved. 
Um, I just, you know, a lot of uh, these pods during the season, myself and Hench would would rip on the refs and obviously the whole um, multiple year long saga with Deshaun Watson and then Dan Snyder probably being public enemy number one. I feel like the NFL's had a lot of uh, black marks recently for the, the sport that we all love. And I feel like finally moving on from this, selling the team. Uh, and again, NFC's team that I have no love for, but I, I do like when the league is competitive and I hate when you have to constantly just see the negativity with the league. I, I want to enjoy my football. I want to enjoy the NFL and then having the sale done and not to Jeff Bezos to me, it, get, it would get kind of messy over a guy like Bezos who wants to buy the rights to air the, the, the you know, games and has the, the TNF rights also owns a team. Again, I'm not a business guy, but I just feel like that's kind of weird. Whereas this guy, Josh Harris, who's buying it, owns, uh, was a minority owner, not Silva sure is, of the Steelers, owns the Devils, owns the 76ers. What I gather from that, just from doing a quick Goog, this guy kind of likes sports. So I'd rather a guy who enjoys sports and likes sports buying a team, uh, and it's not Jeff Bezos. So they sold for, you know, over $6 billion. The the commanders can now get right back on track. We no longer have to worry about this black cloud of Dan Snyder with all the, the ugliness that came with that. So I'm just happy the league is finally moving on and one less bad thing to to read about and to listen about. Yeah, but he might, be, guy- he might make them good in your division, then you won't be so happy if the commies get really good. These, that should be his first order of business, right? Change the team name. That was a screwed up decision by the old weirdo. We got a new name uh, for everybody here and he should roll that out and he'll win. He'll win the room immediately. Right. Sorry there, Hench. Go ahead. Well, uh, it sounds like th- this guy hasn't dismembered any journalists, the new owner. <laughs> I like him. I like him already. I like Dan him already. Snyder did that? Uh, no, but oh, you know, I got this, no. I you know the new my Newcastle United I EPL team you know bought by the the delightful people who bring you the live tour. Um, so it would have been funny if part of the negotiation with Bezos was um, okay, you can buy the team, but you have to show them on Thursday night. You know, oh, never mind, never mind. The, <laughs> the worst watch in in football. And get uh, ripped on by Al Michaels all night? No, thank you. All right. Let's That's do best. it. By the way, by the way, one last thing. You know, you see this every year at the GM level. We don't know what's going to happen with uh, with the commies and new ownership. But, you know, I think if Lamar Jackson wasn't in play a few days ago, that is no indication of what might be going forward here. That might be a new player for a brand new owner who wants to turn things around and wash off the stink of the past. I wouldn't be surprised if Lamar Jackson, and by the way, that would be an interesting spot for him too, is to, is to send him over to the nation's capital. Okay. Oh, one more thing I did mention. I want to mention goat and goats. I was ashamed of myself because I really did. You know, my big rationalization I just spun out there for you about the Penguins and the way to do it. And I don't want mercenaries. And if that's the way the titles, I like it homegrown or with our guys who only worn our uniform. I literally had to say to myself last night when it was final, when I saw the final, it's, it's over. The Pens are definitely not going to the playoffs. I literally had to talk with myself like for a second and be like, all right, Dave, don't let, don't get that. Listen, you got a good life. You know, you have a nice wife and the kids are great and things are going well at work and everything. And I'm like, what the hell kind of conversation are you having with yourself? Cause Gino Malkin from Russia and the French Canadian kid and uh, Sidney Crosby didn't make the playoffs. It's sad what sports do to our brains. That's what I'm saying. But you know what? It'll make you happy winning some money. Hench. So take it away. Give us some what best. You got, here. What do you got? Five cups and four kids. That's right. Say, yeah. What a life. What a life. It's unbelievable. And I don't have to give one or the other away. I get to keep all nine. Right. And I'll put them in, in order that as I see fit too. Um, All right. First cup, then my first child, then the second cup, 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 cup. And then the last and the rest. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, Okay. So I don't think a, a contender to win the Western conference falls behind by 15 points to the Timberwolves in a must win. I'm I'm a, I am not jumping on that Laker bandwagon. So I will take the Grizzlies minus 145, which seems like a pretty decent price uh, uh, to win that first round series. As we talked about earlier, I think the Kings plus 220 against the defending champs is an awfully good price for the, the team with home court advantage against a team that went 11 and 30 on the road. And then lastly, we talked about the Rays, 13 and 0. They're not going to win them all. Believe it or not, they're not going to win it all. They're Let's not going to win. Cynic. And, and so 
Tomorrow in Toronto, Dennis Rasmussen with his 0.23 whip goes against the Blue Jays, Jose Barrios, defending his most runs allowed title from last year, off to a great start in that regard, getting shelled twice. Um, All that said, all the trends are in the Rays' directions. You're going to get a nice price on a baseball game in in the Great White North. Take the Jays to end the Rays' run at 13 tomorrow in Canada. Ooh, okay. That's a fun one. I gave you as my best bet for the next uh, 24 or so hours. I'm going to take OKC. I think people are are going to get over their skis, as I said, about the T-Wolves almost beating the Lakers and getting players back. I mean, there was a fight in the uh, on the bench the other day that required one of the guys to get suspended. Their best player is banged up at at best. So um, give me the thunder there on that hunch. And the other question I have for you, Hench, is you said about a month ago, the Celts were going to lose in the first round. Are you really ready to go that far and say the Hawks plus well, 700? That was, that was before the, before J- playoff, Jimmy Butler uh, walked the Hawks into that slot. That, that was based on a Celtics heat matchup, which also probably would have been wrong given how bad the heat are apparently. Um, so no, I do not, I do not stick to that now that it's the Hawks. Is there a big upset you see out there? Can the dubs with uh, the championship pedigree take down the Callow Kings? They would, if they did, I mean, the Kings are plus two ten. Well, that's what I just gave series. out. Yeah. I mean, the, the Warriors are huge favorites as a six seed. Um, you know, so that's a good question. Who's the, the, the big upset? You got the I, Clips I, plus 350. I mean, that's a four or five matchup, and the Suns are minus 470. Um, the Clips might be able to do it if they had uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander instead of Paul George. Oh, well. Oh, well. well. Paul, I know they're not going to have Paul George no, I know. as far they, as I understand. He's, he's always either, hurt. Right. He's always hurt and not as good as SGA. So that was a fantastic move. Um, I, I see all chalk in the East and then. There's obviously in the West, there's chalk is different according to Vegas than according to the to the rankings. But um, I do think. uh, I guess I would, you know, if I had to pick it, well, it's not an upset. Chalk would be the Warriors winning, uh, but I've already said the Kings, So that's my only upset. All right. I know you have to go. See, I could have jumped into, I would like to talk to you. I'd like to have a, a fulsome discussion about how Easter candy is the most overrated holiday food that you get. Oh my get. God, where's my leave meeting button? It's a fun conversation to have. Ham and hard-boiled eggs and marshmallows and milk chocolate. No thank you to all of the above. I, I can't believe I'm going to miss Spaghetti's Best Bets. <laughs> there he goes. Kevin, you want to talk about the best. police? I'd like, I mean, the, the band, the police, I also would uh, want to make some room for that. We'll save that because I want to get our guy, Randy Bauman, who's the best music talker there is. I want to get him on the show to have a, a heartier music chat. Maybe before the, maybe just after the draft as we go into springtime and summertime. And now a quick break. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Go ahead, Spaghetti. Best bets. I wanted to piggyback off of what Hench just said. He's going all chalk in the East. I want to say uh, no to that. And uh, you could say kind of biased because it's uh, the team I do root for. But the New York Knicks, they're three and one versus the Cavs uh, this year. Their only loss was the the first game in Cleveland way, 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 way back 
in October. Uh, you can get the Knicks at plus 170, I believe. And I've you know read about a couple uh, NBA insiders. I mean, even Reggie Miller came out and said he doesn't think the Knicks should be uh, that heavy of an underdog. And uh, I, I know that Julius Randle's injured, but it looks like Tibbs is saying that he could be good to go. Potentially, they're going to test him out before game one. Um, I just like what the Knicks have been doing uh, down the stretch. Um, I think this should be closer to a coin flip. So you're getting the Knicks at plus 170 to win that series. Uh, I do like that. I definitely think it'll be a long series. It's probably be a six or seven game series. Um, an easier bet to place tomorrow. Yankees, Twins, Nestor Cortez is going at home. He's 2-0, and trying to go 3-0 and at home. ERA is below three. He's been great. One of the best stories for the Yankees the last couple seasons. Um, but uh, you lay the run and a half. It's plus 130. Yanks pretty much own the Twins uh, since I've been alive. So I, I would go with that one. And then uh, the last bet. Uh, the only uh, NHL series that I see on series uh, on uh, on Caesars right now, and this is an interesting one, and I know a lot of people are probably going to want to take the, uh, the 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 Tampa Bay Lightning, which you talked about before. Before they you send them away from Tampa Bay, uh, I don't think they're going to continue their run. I think their dynasty kind of reign is over with. Uh, they're on the downslope of this uh, reign of dominance here. I think what is so. Uh, you know, interesting about this series, we talk a lot about the Oilers and how they're going to keep McDavid and they're going to keep Dreisaitl if they keep losing in the playoffs early on in the playoffs. Um, and that's really been the case for the Leafs. And there's a ton of pressure on them. They're a very top-heavy team. I think Austin Matthews could be going if they don't succeed and get pretty deep in the playoffs this year. But I am going to take the uh, the Leafs to win this series. And I think there's a lot of pressure on them. You always talk about the curse of Sposta. They should win this. Again, they are top-heavy. Don't love the goalie situation not um super tight defensively but i think their talent right now is just uh it's just too good and i think the whole team and a lot of guys having career years nylander's one of them make the trade for for riley i think was a good move but the leafs minus 145 um they have to win this and if they don't this roster and especially austin matthews he's not going to be there and this will look totally different so this is a very very big series for this uh franchise moving forward Canada at large, it's weird. The Leafs are sort of the national team, but the Canadians, French Canada's team, and the more accomplished, obviously, the most accomplished of all NHL teams. And it's weird when I talk to Canadian people about it. By the way, large percentage of Canadian hockey fans will tell you Lemieux is the greatest they've ever seen, but that's a conversation for another time. Um, Toronto is interesting the way people north of the border regard that team. Um I mean, I get. I was just about to say, like, I can't imagine that there's a team they want to see less than Tampa. But this year, would they rather be playing the Bruins? Of course not. Would they rather be playing? I, you know, um, but man, they got to feel star-crossed. And if they, the one, the one, I mean, game one is going to be so intense. It's going to talk about white knuckling. Imagine being in that joint for that game is the lightning roll out there again, who just have owned you over and over again. And what's further, they wear your uniforms to, to thumb their nose at you on top of everything else. I'm rooting for the Leafs. Even if Canada at large is it, I want to see the Leafs make a run here. I think it'd be good for the sport. If uh, the, 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 uh, the capital of the NHL basically would have a nice long run here. So I'm rooting for the Leafs and I, I agree you're with right that. about that. Yeah. Um, and, and to my earlier point, it doesn't benefit anybody. It doesn't hurt anybody when Tampa sports teams do anything because nobody cares about them, including the locals for the most part. But anyway, all right. Another, uh, another rangy minus three now in the books, make sure you check out all the great stuff available to you. And uh, on the extra points network, you heard spaghetti mention make Megan fun of sports. There's extra points out there. Uh, covered in glory. Um, lemon pepper parlay. And of course, against all odds, and um, good stuff coming up for you next week with uh, Sal and Martin Weiss paying off a Lakers losing bet. Be on the lookout for that. And uh, we'll talk to you on the other side of the sports weekend. We'll be that much closer to the draft and playoffs will be underway. Oh, it's going to be good times until we kibitz again. Thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.